Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, driving passion for sport and communities throughout Ireland and abroad. We may not be able to get in on the sporting action we're used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their second year as official car partner of the GAA, Renault is offering a range of special offers on their new and used vehicles, exclusive to all GAA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out renault.ie slash GAA to find out more. A, a grain of rice. A, a grain of rice. If you want to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer a whipping bite of monster. Morning, people. How are you? 11 days out from Christmas. Uh, we probably have our last Renault Irish Examiner hurling show. Well, TJ wants a Christmas special, so I think we'll have to oblige him on that one. And a lot of our listeners have been looking for that as well, so... Yeah, I think that could be a runner maybe Christmas Eve or the day before or something like that. But uh, morning after the final, lads. I'm not bad. I'm not bad. TJ, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, how do you mean good? Like, do you have anything at all to drink? I had very little. We, I was at home. I watched the... the you like the kidney crowd now, TJ? I am. We can, we, can, we can get used to this. Um, so, no, very, very enjoyable day at home watching the game. Uh, great result for Limerick. And, you know, I, we have a substantial booked for 2pm today in Limerick. I'm meeting a couple of friends, actually four real hurling experts, four townies, as I call them. Demo, uh, Le- Demo. Les Whelan, who probably one of the hardest men in Limerick, uh, Eddie O'Neill, Donald Power, and David Campbell. These boys now would like to think that they know an awful lot more about hurling than you did. Will they tell you about short puckouts and long puckouts and everything like that? Yeah, well, a couple of WhatsApps from during the game about referees, about puckouts, about changes. Everything they, they these are they actually to be honest they should be on the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I was right beside Donald Yo Cusack as you saw yesterday. You know, um, when I mentioned the fantabulous, uh, <laughs> fantabulous. <laughs> when we use that word in Castle because Christy Moore, in singing the song "The Airport Up and Knock," said he built the fantabulous church go hauling on the whole, <laughs> and it's Sparrow's party piece, so it gets used a bit. You know, so sorry. If he came out wrong there for the National Airways, but anyway. But he was just saying, had me some comfort quid, like he says, who that deal or like he can go long, he can go short. Like, but if he goes long, Tom Morris, he's not the biggest half forward in the world, like, and he still win his own ball. And there's a lot to be said for it, lads, isn't there? There's a lot to be said for it, but you can't take anything away from Nicky. He's an integral part ah. of the system. He's reading of us. Uh, like he's shot stopping everything. He's he, he's a, he's a massive player in the system. So I would say there's probably four or five key players, and he's one of them in terms of what they do. Like there's other players could come and go and, and slot in and do job. No, obviously all of them are awesome. But uh, uh, one thing I said to me this morning: Where is Richie English and my Casey going to fit into the plan? I'm going to say that that's that's a different problem for a different year. 
Jeez, I said it to John Kiley, would you believe I met him? I was doing the six o'clock news slot with Ivan. But yeah. uh, no, I met John and uh, I just says, what are you going to do with Mikey Casey in English, Johnny? And he just got a fit of laughing and I'd say, it's, it's the kind of problem you'd love to have. We're also joined uh, by Mr. Landers and Mr. Brian Hogan. How are you, Huggy? Hey, Dale. How's things? Good, good, good this morning. No, not too bad. Not too you're bad. Fresh. Anyway, like. You're fresh. I'm freshish. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I was off from worse. How are you, Mark? Hop from the other bite. Yeah. There was a few lads on Twitter again, Mark, giving out about the run of the horse. Didn't I give you the information? I said, not today. Should need a run. First yes, time back in Dundalk. He was very honest. Keep, keep the money in the pocket for Christmas. There might be another day. Like, and she's, she didn't make the... Uh, she was battled out for Wednesday night. And I think she might be entered for this Friday night, the 18th. So a bit like Santa now. I'm really... I have been a good boy all year, Dela. And I'm really hoping that Santa will deliver. So maybe might the Queen... Well, you've been absolutely useless on your predictions in this show, Mark. Like, so I suppose. <laughs> I, I'll, well, stick to the, I, I, I'll stick to the club action, Dale. Like, I leave you were good in the club and you were like good in the house. I, I leave you the county stuff to yourself with TJ, two farmer managers, in fairness. Two tough class managers now, mind you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know your stuff thanks, on that. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it was an unbelievable day. It was, it was an awful privilege to be there, obviously. Um, we would have said that, and uh, I was awful sorry my mates of 25 years ago weren't there with me. But uh, a nice touch that got me to brought out the cup early on today. Uh, it was nice. It was nice privilege, and I know we got used to this stuff all year, but still very hard to get used to it for the Ireland final, isn't it? No Artane Band, no Michael D meeting the players, stuff like that. You know, all year yeah. those things that escape you, but final day. It's hard to get used to them. Yeah, it, it, like it was a bit weird. There's no doubt about it. And I was sitting down at home with the kids and 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 Jackie, just trying to watch the game and stuff. Um, but you'd all you'd also love to see the the build up and as you rightly say, the president meeting the players and look as a player there, you know what that's like on the day. It's when you're going over to the red cap, but the president is coming down. Mary McAleese is who who met me, and uh, that was a great privilege, I must say, and it was. Now, it's something that's it's a huge tradition, but I suppose in the times that we're in, we have to, to go with the, the social distancing and all that. But um, even the Artane band not to be there yesterday, it, it took away from you know having the music in the background, I suppose, of the boys drumming away there. But look, I suppose that won't worry Limerick uh, today or yesterday. It was down to business and what an ultra professional performance from the from the Limerick men. Yeah, one, one of the things at that, that- Gerard Hegarty mentioned and he's kind of... The, the full match was actually live on TG Cahar again uh, shortly afterwards. So when I got back here to the hotel, um, I, I, I just I was only flicking and the next thing, the match was only 10 minutes. So watched it again with the co-commentary of Pat Flory as well. And it was good. It was good to watch it again. Like some things you see, you think you see when you're there. You really yeah. see, you know, and... Um, it was lovely, lovely to watch it again. One of the things um, afterwards then on the news that man of the match, Gerard Hegarty said was like it was a pity the cup wasn't allowed into the dressing room. And that, I, was that a bit OTT, TJ, do you think? I definitely you know? think so, yeah. I did, they all handled it. Look, I fully appreciate, I suppose, the GA are trying to send the right signals. I think it was difficult for the players coming home last night after winning all and not having an official function that they could share with their families and their partners and their friends. That's the difficult side of it. But I suppose 
the reality is we have to be, I suppose, cognizant that it was great to get a championship. Definitely great now to get a championship, the fact that Limerick won it. These guys were in the shape of their lives. Everything fell into place from yesterday. They produced a magic performance. A little bit like Kenny, like in the day, we'll say of their heyday, to produce their best on final day. So I suppose all the other stuff, whilst we can complain about it, the key thing was that Limerick won the game. This team deserved that second All-Ireland. We kind of all felt that. They are a great team now, officially. I would have felt it anyway beforehand. But yeah, just to get to get the performance yesterday was the icing on the cake. 10 out of 10 for the year in terms of games and 10 out of 10 in terms of performance and just, I suppose, 10 out of 10 for the overall players and management for this group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're beginning to become or look like Hoggy. I know they have a long road to go. They're beginning to look Kilkenny-esque, as TJ says, aren't they? I, look, I mean, at the moment, they're the dominant side. I think you can't argue with the numbers that TJ's thrown out there. Um, all year, I, I call it from the beginning of the year. I, I, you know, when you asked me, I think on one of the first shows, I kind of thought, I said Limerick for Munster Champions and Limerick for the All-Ireland. Ultimately, I just, it's hard to look past them, you know. Um, I, 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 I felt, um, particularly after last year's defeat to Kenny, uh, the little bit I know this like I don't know these bunch of players personally, but just looking in from the outside and looking at John Kiley and um, the mentality of them, I knew that that was going to be something that was going to drive these guys. You know, winning in one All Ireland was was massive for Limerick as a county and and for Limerick hurling. But for this particular group of players, you know, a lot of these guys have won had huge success underage and you know colleges etc. And you know, you always got the, the sense that one All Ireland was never going to be enough. You know, and they were definitely hurting after that defeat last year you know and, you know they were caught to a certain extent by by what Kenny brought that day and you know to go and back it up I suppose you know and, and, and with a year that's been completely disjointed you couldn't plan you know and I think John Kiley's referred to what they did during the, the lockdown in terms of zoom calls and the buy-in from the players you know so to go and you know stick to the plan if you like you know adapt to a, to a different situation and still come out the end of it at the end of the year and deliver and probably what they all promised each other which was to get back and win in Ireland you know, massive respect for that group of players, you know, and uh, yeah, look, you can't, you, to be fair, like two All-Irelands in three years now, you know, they, they, I think this team and, and the likelihood is they'll, they'll certainly go on and, you know, be favourites for another one or two, at least. Yeah, I'd say there's definitely, there's definitely uh, a couple of more there in the locker, but who yeah. knows? TJ, they did stuff like, uh, Mark, maybe you weren't aware now because you don't be on the social media, but they did stuff like TikTok dancing and all that during the, Lockdown. Will O'Donoghue, who I think was the most famous. Uh, he, he he put on a right show there. He made a holy show of himself, I would have thought, but he didn't make a holy show of himself on the field any day. He was out this year. No, and, and, and Declan referred to a cooking competition as well, I say, which is intern. I didn't see that. But I think that that's what the lockdown did to teams and groups and clubs was they kind of just brought out something different. Uh, the lads used the opportunity to raise money for Milford Hospice here locally as well, which went down exceptionally well. And they just, like... Uh, they're heroes locally now like they would have been after 2018 um, obviously they're driven and they want to do more like six trophies in the three years like two Munster Championships two National Leagues two All-Ireland titles like very, very very difficult to kind of argue with anything that's going on there in terms of uh, their approach um, on the field is just incredible and just everyone seems to have got a handle on off the field and as they just carry themselves really well so all positive, Delo, in 2020, which is fantastic for Limerick and fantastic to read about. And, and even like, I suppose, you know, I, I look at Kilkenny and like they've won so many All-Irelands down through the years. 
and they're so humble. I thought the interviews that all the players did, even John Kiley as well, they were fantastic straight after the game. Like, you know, you, you can see there's a groundedness about this panel of players and six six trophies won over the last three years. It's magnificent. And uh, they're a credit to the county. And um, I suppose when, when you rolled out on Friday night from the Oval Office, TJ, to the big help, but it's, I, I have a feeling it's going to cost him another 3.2 million this time round because he gave 100 grand to all the county boards the last time. So... Will he double down now and give? I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Mark, he'll keep doing his best three to kind of yeah. keep you afloat. But uh, look, he's 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 been influential. Uh, Dale knows that uh, as well as myself. Um, oh. We'll probably touch. We'll probably touch that. Touching it a while ago. It's just look. There was a vision there a number of years ago. Like go back to ten years ago, and then Shane touched it last night in the Sunday game. You know, Limerick wasn't in a great place. But you were on strike, TJ. Let's face it. Yeah, let's, let's, let's You weren't it. on your third strike like Cock now. No. Um, it wasn't well, a good... I'm saying now, but just you got to, like, after our first strike, we went to four months to find the four All-Ireland straight after it now. And what did you all... cause another one after that for? Oh, no, but that, that was, that was, man, our first strike was about to come before. Did you blame someone else? Okay. Um, but I think, I, t- I think the, the strategic planning and, and, the, and the vision, and I think, this might sound a little bit mad at the moment, but the vision that maybe that Dublin had a number of years ago maybe was reflected uh, by Limerick. I'm not saying that we'd be anything like a Dublin football team at the moment, but it's just it doesn't happen overnight. And if you see the physicality of our Limerick class yesterday, the shape, and a great win for the minors as well, they're, all, like they're seventh, months of final in eight years coming up in the minor. The 20s, the Cork were definitely the better side next time, no doubt about that. But they put in a good second half, and I, I just read your piece in the paper this morning about just a couple of players there, maybe like Colin Coughlin, a wing back, Mackie Quinlan, Brian O'Grady, full back, went to midfield. Kyle O'Neill. Good, but Kyle O'Neill looks two like more years. He, yeah, two more years. Like so, like you, t- you, you take the current Limerick team where they're at, and let's say move them on a year or two, and then you've got this guy, a young guy, probably champing at the base, like who's like looks like he's got all the attributes to go and play senior hurling for Limerick. So. That, that, that takes time, that takes effort, that takes money, that takes vision. And I suppose that is what's required. And they're just really at the cutting edge of everything that's right about hurling at the moment. Yeah, I suppose if you just looked at the game, I suppose, Hoagie, the only one maybe didn't have a 8 out of 10 game would be Graham Mull. And he has done that so often for them. Just Graham didn't get going maybe, you know. And yeah. obviously, look, it was a toss-up between himself, Flanagan, Casey, anyway. Um, but the rest, I mean, it was it was an unbelievable team performance, wasn't it? It was. I mean, <clears throat> that's, that's, I suppose, in itself is a sign of the strength they have, you know, that they're not reliant on one, two or three players. You know, Mulcahy had a massive game two years ago. And, uh, you know, you, you look at the spread of scores, you know, nine scores, you know, four of the forwards, but it, their, their whole half-back line scored, you know, and one yeah. of their midfielders. So, I mean... Very difficult to, to defend against that when you've got when you know, when you're focused on those two wing forwards and trying to curtail their influence, and you've got the likes of Kyle Hayes and Dermot Burns launching points over the bar from you know 60, 70 meters, or in Kyle Hayes's case, bombing past you, putting balls over the bar from 40 yards. You know, the, the threat comes from all angles, you know. And uh, we we've spoken about it or I mentioned before how they can play it anyway, and I know all great teams are like that. You know, if you, if you want to go down into the trenches, they'll go down there with you, no problem. You know, they'll play through the lines. Obviously, that's their preference, is to be to execute that real kind of sharp, precision play. 
But when it's called on, they can go along, you know, and you see the way they're able to isolate Galan and Flanagan and the movements and the boys touched on it there and, t- and did the analysis, the way that they're constantly moving, giving an option for that ball into the corner, you know, and I had to laugh. Um, I was watching a Laker and a Gale there a couple of weeks ago. I was under shock to see Laker and a Gale and uh, Lucy was on it, you know, I got to college of Lucy and, and he, he, they were just re- referencing a one, uh, one match about playing the diagonal ball in. He was like, Jesus, why didn't we play this before? But you see that the evolution in terms of the way this this particular team play, where it's never a kind of a 50-50 ball. It's a, it's always a, an angled ball, you know, to, to, to the advantage of the forwards. And where it's not on, they're holding it or recycling it and then they're moving it. And yeah, it's just, just an awesome team display, you know, and you're always going to get, you're never going to get in any match at any level. You're never going to get a situation where 15 players, you know, are, are, are all hitting nines or tens, you know. You're, you're, you're going to have some guys who are hurling above themselves, you know, and certain guys step up to the plate and, you know, but overall, just just a, a real team performance, and and even though Graham might have been, you know, maybe below par by his standards in terms of scoring, you can be sure the work rate, he what he brought off the ball, exactly. Yeah. I think that's a, yeah. you know, the, the, what what's expected of the group of players, and yeah, look, the the, the, uh, the superlatives, you know, you can go on and on about it, and I think Mark mentioned it there about I had written down no ego, you know, that's a that's a thing. You know where they've 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 had huge success over the last couple of years, and particularly for a county maybe which which has been striving and, and so hungry for that success for years. You know that sometimes when they get a taste of it, they can kind of lose that focus. You know, and, and Brian would have been always the biggest enemy is complacency. That's the biggest thing he hated. You know, and when he saw any sign of complacency in a group, he he'd weed it out. And there's no Shifted. sign of that. There's no sign of that with these Limerick boys. You know, they're just you know they're just yeah. very grounded. You know, very kind of humble, but. I suppose hugely confident in their own ability as well, you know, and yeah, massive team performance yesterday. Yeah, the intensity looked like it was right up there in the opening quarter and probably the second quarter, and certainly up to half time. Like that's what it felt like watching it. Like you there, did you feel the same? I did. I did in the first half. Did you, I thought after half time, Watford yeah. give up the ghost yeah. a few of them a bit. Yeah, Ozzy uh, didn't. Stephen Bennett didn't. Desi Hutchinson didn't. Except that he Sean Finn hanging off him. <laughs> you could yeah. let Sean Finn is some cornerback. Let's see him up hate, close in the second yeah. half. Jesus. Yeah, he uh, wouldn't like to be on him. But, but I, I felt the few of them around the middle sort of stopped following, stop in Greyhound parlance, they stopped chasing as hard as they could. And that allowed Limerick then. Like, if you think about the very first score Limerick got after half time, Stephen Bennett missed a free, we'll say. Yeah, to would have dragged it back to two. No, it was a long range free, but then there was a high ball in and and, and broke between Finn and Hutchinson and, and and Barry Nash superbly came in, swiped it out of the the, the muzzle, looked up, spotted Burns, Hurley pass, Burns Hurley pass to Dara Donovan. No, Dara Donovan couldn't let the ball in as as Brian has alluded to, but there was no one moving at that stage, so he took his time, waited for Kyle Hayes to move outside him up from left half back, give it to Kyle. So well, Kyle could have shot for a point from here. Pinged it to the far corner. Flanagan, one touch, hand, was two yards in front of his man at that stage, over the bear. Like, I mean, for me, that was just control of the situation, you know? Like, like Burns could have gone long. Darrell Donovan could have gone long. Kyle could have gone for a point. But no, they waited until the two guys inside, either Galen or Flanagan, had made their move and Nearly that's what's happening, TJ, I think. That they wait for the guys inside to make the move. They have enough confidence to take an extra pass if they need to. Whereas we were drilled all our lives to let the ball up fast. 
Yeah. Forwards just wanted fast balls. But these guys are waiting nearly to see the runs. Yeah, yeah but well, there's been a little bit of an evolution, sorry, Mark, um, in, 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 in the game plan. Like, um, I think up to recently, and I'm not sure like, in, in, inside who will take the credit for, the move of Kyle Hayes to wing back has been a little bit different, right? Like before, like Dermot Burns, Declan Hannon and Dan Morrissey, you were sure they were zonal, they stood across that half-back line. Um, this is a little bit different, right? So the movement of Keane Lynch to centre forward, where he attracts an awful lot of attention, where it kind of frees up the two boys a little bit more because you just can't let Keane free. And then that license for Kyle to bomb on with his physique and pace, let's say at intervals which suits him. And then we say if your opposition play two inside and you have an extra man with Barry Nash who slots into that wing back role, that game plan evolving coupled with, I just see now, they don't play a ball. If they're inside their own 45, the ball won't go long, right? You have to work that ball in between the two 45s. Then you have to free up a player who's facing, the, we say, their own, you're facing your scoring goals and he has to play a ball that's better than 50-50 and the movement inside has to be spot on. You can see the roaring and shouting. The movement has to be there all the time, all the time. And you can see once or twice even Galam is flat, right? And he still has to make that run. Like So that's... I won't, I won't say it's as simplistic as that, but there has been a little bit of a change. And like, they have it perfected. They have the opposition as to what they're going to do perfected. And I think it was touched on last night. Like, there's a there's a, a real teacher trait in the management team. Like, John Kyle is a teacher. Paul Kinnert's a teacher. Al Cunningham's a teacher. Shia Donnell's a teacher. So, like, they have that... Don Lugretti's a shopkeeper. Don Lugretti's a shopkeeper. But they have that... Um, <laughs> Teachers have that added edge of just being able to teach and get their, let's say, philosophy across. Maybe that little bit better, but it's 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 just really good. They're very much in tune, and the game plan has been really really fine tuned. No, you have to couple their passing to hand, their physicality, their tackling. Everything is spot on, and their like their shape. This has come over a long number of years. Like Mark Lines was in there a couple of years. Joe Connor was there, and now Mikey Kiley has taken it on. And like they're just specimens of men, all of them. Like I wouldn't like to get hit by any of them. Yeah, but the, the one thing that strikes me, TJ, right throughout the game, is that wherever the ball is, there seems to be two or three Limerick fellas swarming the opposition. That's one thing. And all of a sudden, when the ball comes out, there seems to be men free everywhere. That's the one mm. thing that I, I every time. A Limerick man seems to get the ball, he looks up, there's a man 10 yards, 15 yards away. And I'm kind of wondering where are the opposition? Why well, aren't they marking the loose? If you watch Jackie, Jackie Turrell's uh, piece last night and a couple of puck outs and a bit, a bit of movement, right? You get an idea of it, right? The reality is, like certainly Garol Hegarty, Tom Morrissey, possibly Kyle Hayes, they're probably touching 13, 14 kilometers in the 70 minutes. Like, so that's very, very difficult. And they're just on the move all the time. Like Garol Hegarty never stops, he pops up in different corners. And then yeah. it's the boy's job to find him and by God, they find but, him. But, but, but does it mean that the opposition aren't fit enough to go with him? Or no, are they actually just saying, I'm going to leave him go and, and stay zonal? Sorry, Brian. Yeah, no, I, I think the two are linked, uh, Mark, in that you're saying, you know, and I, the, when, when, when Limerick swarm, you know, and it, it see resemblance to what we would have done, you know, when they're swarming, you know, say the water backs, those water backs have not been exposed to that level of physicality, that intensity, you know, and Limerick are swarming in groups. They're, they're, you know, it's it's that unity, I suppose, in in, in and, and clear kind of thought in terms of what they're doing. And once they do that, once they, they they grind down Watford, Watford then if they do hold on to the ball, they're coming out. They make uncar- you know the wrong decision because they're, so, they're under so much pressure. I think we saw at one stage in the was it the first half where they threw a hand pass, you know, and it, yeah. it was a 50-50 hand pass because he was under so much pressure coming out with the ball. 
have, have enrolled two tackles, you know. And so what Limerick do really well is they get numbers in around the ball. They don't foul, well, they try and limit the, 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 the extent to which they're fouling, you know, and, and get the hands up. They're so powerful that even just running into these guys, you know, I think uh, Hegarty, uh, I, I can't remember who he hit Jack, the first half. Jack Prendergast. That's right. Well, he just opened his chest up. Jack Prendergast ran into him and he floored him on the ground, you know, and yeah. that, that wears you down. And then uh, as a result, you kind of start making the wrong options because when you're not used to that, you know, it, it, it's a shock, you know, and, and, and if you look at it, like even a half time, Limerick were only three points up. Now, I know they had one or two goal chances, but it was the toll that it took on the Wofford players in that first half. You know, Limerick went in three points up, but the damage is done. You know, I think you mentioned the deal how some of the players, the Wofford players, you know, their, their head started to drop in the second half because they were just mentally exhausted because they hadn't experienced that kind of attrition. And then they start clearing balls to, to what looks like free Limerick lads, you know. And, and, uh, Hoag- yeah, and Hoagie, Hoagie um, on, on, on Thursday, on the preview show, we had uh, Kim Hogan. Great, always great knowledge, obviously, yeah. like yourself. Um, but Mark suggested maybe that to be time to put Kyle Hayes back in his ass for <laughs> one of the Watford players. After you go, Mark. He <laughs> went around on Twitter there a bit last night. I know you're not on Twitter, Mark, so you never hear about that stuff. Thanks, thanks for the God I'm not on Twitter. Do, 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 do you know what trending is, Mark? Um, <laughs> it was la- I, 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 got, I just put the search button on Twitter and what's trending, and it was um, something like Arsenal beaten again, Larry. Sorry. Um, but then it was Landers number two, and he not even on Twitter. <laughs> Get away, Queen was three. But yeah. uh, <laughs> Dale, 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 to go back, I, I'm just on the Hoagie's point there. The press is very educated as well, right? And like the amount of intel that they would have done on the opposition uh, to know when is the right time to strike, when the collective time to press is there. Like they all work individually very hard, but then there's just a collective press at a time when just, they just snuff it and just give the opportunity. Um, the defence no chance at all to get rid of the ball. Like, they just do it exceptionally well. And like Shia yeah. Dallin's role, Shia Dallin's role there, right? Like they would have intel on everybody. It was just off the charts, and that's that's what's going on behind the scenes. Like obviously the Canark factor, Delo is huge, and that his his record speaks for itself. But they just they just like on all areas of the game, whether it's the conditioning, right? Whether it's the fitness, like whether it's their hurling in terms of the ball to hand, whether it's their tackling. But then there's the whole like method and education side of it as well. They're all very clued into what they do. They press at the right time. They use the ball well in the puck out. So it's 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 very close to the complete performance for sure. Yeah, before Mark comes in there, um, I brought him in, Mark, before the All-Ireland minor final in 16. Paul, Paul is yeah. obviously with the football academy and I was running the hurling academy at the time. And I, I said, look at this swarm tackling. Like you seem to have it down to fine art with Claire as well. Like, you know, yeah. He was with Claire and he says, uh, would you know when to go at it, Dale? And I says, I wouldn't have a clue, Paul. Tell us, shoot, swarm, swarm. Yeah. Bees is the only swarm I know of here, kid. Yeah. But he said, right, let me give you my take on it before I introduce it to the player. So he said, as soon as a player makes a slight mistake, I don't know where, where you did, took up on it, Hoagie, because you were brilliant at it as well. But, but. Then he, I said, look, just go through with the players and see what way they take to it. And if they don't take to it during the training session, we can always leave it, you know. But he said, lads, when would you swarm tackle a fella? And I mean swarm, no, I mean no more than three people. Very rare that a fourth person is in that tackle. So you might think there's six or seven on top of a fella, but it's three really is his, is his golden rule. No, look, it could, it could, the fourth fella could yeah. be nearby, so yeah. it could look like there was four, but... 
as soon as you smell a mistake, like just so I hand pass the ball out to you, Mark, and yeah. you don't take it in your hand first time, or you yeah. you miscontrol it in the hurley and it drops to the ground. But no, you have time to pick it up again. But yeah. that's the time to swarm right. because yeah. he's after losing two seconds and you have a chance to swarm. Yeah. So you leave your man, you go and swarm. That was the gist I took out of it anyway. Yes, yes. And like that, that's and like the player who has missed the ball is automatically under pressure because he knows in his own half the side that he should have controlled the ball first time. He can hear the footsteps coming in from either side, and next of all, there's a hand on him or there's a hurley on him, and he's under pressure because he knows he needs to get his head up and look where am I going to get this ball off of? And then all of a sudden, if you have two or three fellas around you, you're inclined to panic. And I thought that happened in the first play of the game yesterday. Ian Kenny won a ball, he came out. He got bumped. He dropped the ball. The ball recycled over to Jamie Byrne. And I said, this is safe now. He's definitely going to get out. And I, don't, I think, I don't know, one of the midfielders hit him a slap and he dropped it. And the ball was recycled out to Tom Morrissey for the first time. And that, to me, set the tone from the get-go. I thought Limerick's physicality was unbelievable yesterday. And I suppose when you go and look at the tackles, they had 49 tackles versus 36. I mean, they had nearly 50% more tackles. Than Limerick or than Waterford yesterday, and that was a that was a telling factor. But I'd have to say, Dale, I thought Fergal Horgan was hard enough on Waterford yesterday in the overall context, and I, I think the fact that he's from Tipperary might have worked against Liam Cahill because you know, like everybody was saying, ah, you know, and you saw the pictures that were growing around in three or four days in advance. I got them on Instagram now. Actually, I, I am on Instagram. Just Are you on Instagram, Mark? That's the only social media thing I am because you're on Facebook, Mark. I, I think I somebody signed me up to that as well. Okay, okay, okay. Definitely, yeah. definitely not on Twitter. Definitely not on Twitter. But um, you might as well be like it tomorrow. Because <laughs> we're getting more mentions on it, like. <laughs> so I, I suppose I but going back to the Fergal Hogan thing. The um, Tom Morrissey gave um, Austin Gleeson a little bit of a tip in the in the Gohonies, right? And the ball skirted out to um, Keen Lynch, who gets it onto Hannon over the bear. That should have been a free in, in my opinion, to Waterford. And I thought all the 50-50 decisions early in the game went against Waterford when they were the team that actually needed to get those chunks. And Jack Fagan, I know, I go back to Where did he hit him? Where did he hit him, Marcy? The cojones. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, just, actually, I actually thought he hit him half I thought he actually hit him half as down the, down the toilet, like, but it seemed to be someplace else. But anyway. It was definitely a free, you know, wasn't it? Oh, definitely. My opinion was definitely. I, yeah. And I thought he was hard on Gleason now as well. I must say, because there was a couple of tackles there that I felt that he was, you know, he, he's, look, he's a, he's a big boy. He's well able to take care of himself. But I thought he was hard on Gleason uh, individually yesterday as well, Fergal Argo. Yeah, what do you think, TJ? Ah, look, we would have been happy with Fergal Hargan's overall referee. I, did, I, I, I didn't think I didn't think that, it was a major factor in the game. Point. Yeah, I, <coughs> I, I would early on. TJ. I would say early on. Yeah, like you could have a case there where maybe one or two Limerick guys could have got a yellow card or whatever. But um, certainly one one definitely very early. But I think overall, I, I, I didn't think it influenced the game. I thought he left it flow a little bit more. He certainly didn't dish the cards as they had been doing earlier in the championship. But I think this. Even after the double save, which was fantastic now out of Stephen O'Keefe, and I thought the boys they hit the balls on the money, but the ball broke out to, to Graham Mulcahy, who mishit the ball, and Caelan Lyons gave him the slightest touch across the helmet, yeah. and he gave him free in. The opportunity was gone, and I, and I thought all those small little things went to Limerick. 
And like Connor Prunt in the first half had Glenn out on the sideline. Why he didn't give him an extra little bit of a push for, to put him out over the sideline for the for the line ball, I don't know. But Glenn to swing around and come back. What a score! And snap the ball over. Yeah, yeah. Like that was just unbelievable stuff. Like. I'm not taking away from Limerick now. I just they were brilliant yesterday, and the score hit like that's 24 points out of 30 from play. That is massive, massive. But some of the scores they hit yesterday were off the charts. Yeah, we're talking about the physicality of Limerick and wearing down Watford, which is those type of points just suck. You oh. know, they kill you. You know, what I mean, like you do everything right. Connor Prunty did everything okay, yeah. apart from maybe just giving him an extra bit of a nudge. But, yeah. but how could like, you just, how could you defend better, Augie? You, you can't. You can't. He did everything. You know, he, he showed yeah. him the, the sideline, yeah. kept kept him go outside. Yeah. It was almost over. Galan just had a quick glance and just popped over the shoulder. It was like he was just hitting the ball over his shoulder, like he would out in the training pitch for the crack, and yeah. just over the bar. And you're kind of looking at that and you're going. Like there's not much more I can do now, and I think no. to be fair to Galan, I think it was almost his his strength as well to to be able to hold himself in on the pitch, you know, on the pitch. Definitely. But um, there was a couple of instances like that. I think Tom Morrissey was the same again, coming across the pitch, you know, in a second, and just kind of over the shoulder, like almost over the guy that was trying to block him. Unreal. Yeah, yeah. So and they they you know you're you're, you're doing everything right as a defender. You've closed the space down. You're 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 pushing them out, you know, away from goal. And then he throws the ball up from sixty yards out and strokes it over like he is from twenty yards out, you know. And, and they are they're, they're they, they kill yeah. you, you know. You're kind of but but Limerick's tactics also upset Waterford early on as well because it was obvious that Waterford had picked Caleb Lines to pick up Garrod Higarty and Kevin Moore to pick up uh, Tom Allison, mm. and then Limerick switched their two wing forwards to the opposite sides, and both Kevin Moore and Caleb Lines were uncomfortable in the two wings that they were actually on. I yeah. felt actually for both the wing backs, they may have been better off to go back into their original positions. But I would say Caleb Lyons with the fitness levels he has, he was obviously expected to go with Hegarty because Hegarty goes all over. Kevin Morton, you know, struggled, I thought, on, on, on Tom Morris. But that's they're brilliant players. But that's a that dilemma. By Limerick, like, you know? Yeah, but that's a dilemma, Mac. And maybe Brian, like, Caleb Lyons has been so good attacking. And I kind of featured him in my highlights beforehand. But coming up the field and, you know, I got to go all against Cork and he attacked Kilkenny at every opportunity. But if you give him a man-marking job, then does that, does that nullify the guy's natural instinct to play? Uh, whereas I'd say Kevin Moore probably comfortable enough doing that job at this hour of his life, Hoggy. Yeah. But Kellum Lines, do, do you take away his natural flair if he's so obsessed with following some lad? Yeah, I, I think... Caleb's been very impressive this year, you know, and it's predominantly been down to his attacking strength, you know, bombing up from the wing back position. He got a goal in earlier in the championship, and but he struggled in the first half against Kilkenny in the semi final, you know, uh, when he was when he was having to defend, you know, when he was having to go back. I don't, you know, there's a there's, there's a slight question mark about Caleb in terms of, you know, he, he, he you know, definitely his, his first instinct is a drive forward, put balls over the bar, you know, you see him in the second half and the game was run away from Watford having a shot there from about 40 yards out and, you know, he scored a great point. But, you know, he, he's a wing back. You know, your first job as a wing back is to defend, simple as. And then anything beyond that, you can be damn sure whoever was going in and Kyle Hayes, like the last day in the semi-final, Kyle Hayes was picking up Joe Canning. You know, absolutely we're all talking about, you know, going forward the ball. But Kyle Hayes, you know, has done a lot of hurling at centre-back. He's a great defender, you know, and, and same on the other side with Jeremy Burns, you know. What they've added to their game is, is going forward. You know, Jeremy Burns, down the years, maybe you'd accuse him of going for long-range points too often, you know, whereas he's curtailed that now, he's used to the ball as much better, but he's a, he's a natural wing-back defender, he, and both are very athletic. I just think with Caleb Nines, yeah, he was 
having to defend, having to pick up a player, the quality of Hegarty, you know, he lost him at, at certain occasions, you know, and Hegarty was popping up into space and putting balls over the bar. And I think, you know, look, it's a learning curve for Kelvin Lines. You know, he's, he, it's this level, you know, he's, he's new on the stage and he's huge potential. But I think definitely Kevin is more suited, you know, if he had to do a job, a man-marking job, he's done it over the years in certain individuals, you know, and, uh, you know, he would have picked up Fenno uh, against Kilkenny at times and that would have been a titanic, you know, battle. But yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, just... For me, looking at it, Wofford never asked any questions to Limerick. You know, um, they never there was never a situation where Limerick had were uncomfortable. You know, whether that was, you know, Gleason had a good game, you know, five points, but you know, Bennett had a good game. Um, uh, but there was never a situation where you could say, or even you know, for example, if Cameron Lyons was driving up, you know, and we get onto ball, there was never a situation where Limerick were like, right, we need to make a change or do something there. They were always comfortable. You know, they were just clicking through the gears, and and, and Wofford were trying to react. You know, I felt and. Uh, you know, Caleb has had a good year for Watford, but he was definitely under severe pressure for most of that match, I thought. And then, well, if you, you played a lot of hurling at wing back, let's say, what would you do if you were detailed to Mark Groh at Hegarty next week? If you were... Uh... Give him a smell. <laughs> <laughs> Just no point. I wouldn't hit the ball, but he wouldn't hit the ball. But uh, would you, would... CJ, to tell you the truth, I wouldn't like to be on him now. Uh, the, the specimen, and the specimens they are now, even... He makes Tom Morrissey look like a small man, and you know Tom Morrissey's not a small man. He's a black. And in actual fact, watching it again last night, and TJ Cahar had the whole match on. I did, I only, I only freaked on it now. I was just flicking through pan or channels when I came back here, trying to finalize the piece for this morning. And did the whole match on, did full 70 whatever minutes. And um, I actually thought good? Tom Morrissey was man the match again. And, and you couldn't argue at the time, like, hey, go seven from play and I earn a final, but Tom Morrissey led. He uh, he set up three of the points for Hegel, like a oh, dirty ball. He was he was unreal. Yeah. I mean, even we were talking about goalkeeping, and you know that, that thing I was saying about Don Log, like you could actually no problem hit the ball down on Tom Morrissey, Menno, Menno. You don't have to go short for Nicky. No. There was one. There was one on twenty. There was one, ball, like. there was one on twenty-nine minutes still. It was a long puck out from Nicky, and basically there was a couple of lads under the ball. And Tom Morrissey, the ball spilt actually, and he was just still had the power to kind of keep himself upright. And he caught it the second attempt, swung on to his left. It was a fantastic score on twenty-nine minutes. So, like I would agree with you, he he, he had an unbelievable game. It would have been man of the match. And I don't know how many All Irelands. And you take away then like possibly the best of the three of them under a high ball would be Kyle at centre forward. Maybe, maybe no, that's arguable, right? But he's very good in here. Like, um, and you put him wing back and you still have like that that was always what I said about the Kilkenny half forwards in their heyday, the four and row team and say Hogie's team. You like there was no problem with the Kilkenny goalie, whoever he was at the time, going long, yeah. be it Hero, be it James McGarry, be it Morph, could go along. And there was no problem because there was ball winners under the ball as you can't bite them. You're you're on about playing through the lines and this, that, and, and Limerick are very good at playing through the lines. We know that. Like the cornerbacks are as comfortable as corner forwards uh, feeding ball out with short, short stick passes. But that's what I'm saying. Like, the the, um, the visionary, I can assume, like Paul Kinnock would have had a major role in that, is to see Keane Lynch going to centre forward, being just so comfortable on the ball and the lads looking for him every time and being a brilliant outlet. And he popping into space, causing a problem for any centre back that sits. And then Kyle Hayes given that freedom. Like that, like that's the piece of the jigsaw that we probably thought early on, is this the right move? We knew Kyle could play anywhere. That's that wasn't an issue. Yeah. Was it going to take him half hour then? But that that's taken to another level. So whether our team plays a sweeper or not, 
like popping balls into Keane there 30, 40 yards in front of like so he's going to zip him into any corner forward who makes any bit of a run they're making break and runs extremely difficult to mark but I'm just saying about the game plan is just perfected it's exceptionally well taught they all know what they're at and as I said that's the visionary I think that, that, that has come out of Canuck like someone like myself I couldn't ever come up with the visionary game plans I'm kind of more a member of Case right C-A-A-C copy and steal everything that's me you know I mean like, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. you're, you're some case alright some case yeah. so I, I, I'm just saying it is a joy to watch and for Limerick people and Limerick supporters and let's say all former Limerick supporters it's brilliant that we can talk about the system is ours and all the players rather than we spent too many years looking over the hedge whether it be Tipperary or Cork or whatever or, yeah. Claire, or Claire even right saying saying do you know what I mean? We'd love to have those players and, and, and that we have them now is just the real beauty of living in this particular moment. And but, I mean, they're real credit. Yeah, and, and like you're right, right, about the system and the style of playing and that, but a lot of it still comes down to the quality of the player. And ye have really good quality players. I was involved with the development squads back in 10-11 when I saw Keen Lynch for the first time with the lovely ponytail and the pigtail that he had when you saw that like and he, at 14, 15 years of age. Tom Morrissey was on that panel. Barry Nash was on it. Sean Finn was on it. Uh, Galen was on the B squad at the development squad. There's five or six fellas there now. I saw them firsthand. Joe Quaid started out with them. Brian Ryan took them on after that. They were an exceptional bunch of players. And it's great credit down to Limerick that they identified those lads early and they minded them like they minded mice at the crossroads because they are the players. And I suppose the previous experience TG had would win in three under 21 All-Irelands and you got very, very little off of that afterwards, right? This panel of players are totally dedicated and different. But that was down to, you know, two things. Quality of player, number one, plus the men around them then to in their formative years to keep them together and bring them on to the next level. I mean, I mean, hats off to the people behind the scenes in, in Limerick as well. Like just, yeah, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can take that away. And also the physicality, like the size of Dermot Burns and Willow Donahue and Kyle Hayes and Gerald Hagerty. It's like if they were talking over Munster last night, like they wouldn't have been out of place. Like they're just huge. Yeah. But, no mention of rugby, please. Okay, I will I will throw in, and, and as I said, and Dale has touched it already, that Canuck factor, Mark, is massive. Like the, the, the complete buy-in of yeah. knowing exactly. And like they can get around. What, it doesn't matter what the opposition do. And it's all about making their plan better. They don't care whether you play one sweep or two sweepers. If they have a free man or two at the back, it doesn't yeah. make a difference. And we discussed the sort of staff of the year with Tony Kelly. He left Tony Kelly do it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're just going to play our game and you can play away. We don't mind. Yeah, they're in stage in their life cycle now, TJ, where... The opposition is irrelevant. Like they, they've they've bought in so much now to what Paul Kinnerick was saying. You know, when they came in originally, they would be telling these guys, "This is what we want to do." This is, you know, and, and you know the difficulty there, and you know, you're training club sites is to get that buy-in, to get them to believe in it. All of a sudden, then you get a bit of success. You win a national league or you win a provincial title, and the lad, the players, then start saying, "This is actually working. This is this is this is you know this is it." Like you've an all orange now. Now you're back to like these lads now are reading the papers about how physically dominant they are how good, you know, they're taking pride in that, you know, and they're looking to raise the bar. So regardless of who they come up against next year or whatever, it doesn't really matter. You know, they're in a space now where they're competing against themselves. You know, they're competing against, 
you know, Mike Casey and Ricky, uh, Richie English coming back next year and whoever else is on the bench, you know, or one of the, the, the under-20s coming up, you know, they, they're they're looking to, and, and they're being challenged, I've no doubt, by Canerk and these guys, you know, to say, right, lads, that was last year, where can we bring it to next, you know, so. And Hoagie, so like, like he obviously, he were the greatest in our living memory, um, in fairness, and what a team. But like, did, did that start the thing like we, we were probably on a Sunday game or we were writing a piece in the newspaper or we were doing co-commentary, whatever we were doing, or maybe even only meeting lads in the pub and we were talking about what could Kenny do? And like, I'd liken your role an awful lot like to Declan Hennens. Like, you always seem to be able to find that pocket of space in front of the full back line and be the, the anchor there. Like, is all that sort of narrative around it, does that, does that feed into your own mind like that? Yeah, I'm good at this. Yeah, this is the way we play. Yeah, I, I have two good wing backs outside me that bomb on. No, they might have bombed on your two wing backs, but they were yeah, good ones. Yeah, yeah no, I, I think so. I think um, there, there's, it, it just strengthens that unity. You know, I think as long as you can keep the ships going, you know, which was Brian's job in terms of keeping the focus, I think it does. It, it creates that kind of, uh, look, Beckett, you, you heard to win all Ireland, so when you get a taste of it, you want to keep it going, you know, and you do whatever you can. And, and that competition comes from within the camp, you know, and it can be silly things like you're going into the gym and all of a sudden you've seen two of the boys coming out and you're wondering, geez, how long are they, how long are they in for? You know, or if I'm looking across, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, you know, John Tennyson out the pitch early before me, you know, I'm going, Jesus, I'm, I'm going to be here earlier next, you know, so, so and, and in a good way, you know, in a good way, like you're all challenging each other, you know, you're looking at what times the lads are doing in the runs, you know, coming back after the winter, you know, that kind of way. And you're talking about, geez, your man is in some nick, you know, and, and this all feeds into it because you're the top, you know, you're the Limerick are the top dogs now and, and, and they want to stay there. And, you know, uh, you know, you have a, a management team there who are going to do whatever it takes to, to stay there. And you don't want to be the one to lose out. You don't want to be the one that ends up sitting in the stands the next year, you know, uh, or, or, or worse. So, you know, it's, it, yeah. it, it's self-fulfilling, you know, and it, it, the, the guys know they have the, the golden ticket now. And it's about keeping that, that thing moving forward and keep evolving, I suppose, you know. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a frightening thought it, it, to, to see, you know, I suppose where these guys can go. Yeah, I played on a team that was similar to this, what this team has achieved now, was that two and three years. Mm. And it didn't affect Liam Dyle being last in every long run, <laughs> like, you know, he, he, his met, methodology in, in his head was that, well, if I'm very petty whack last in January, if I've improved a nice bit by March, that Mike Mack would be happy enough for him, like you know. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I came in, that that, that was there as well, uh, Dale. He says you want to you want to show that margin of improvement come come this ring time. So the worse you can come in in January, the bigger the margin of improvement you're going to have by April. You're going, geez, look at his way. That that yeah, like quickly, when the bleep, that, when the bleep that, tests come in, yeah, you have yeah. to say to Dialer, you don't stop at the first bleep. <laughs> <laughs> that, that quickly that disappeared fairly quickly with McDempsey, yeah, I can tell you. No, Richard. Like, well, I mean, I suppose look. The thing with him is every time he went out in the championship, he did it. Yeah, you know, that's 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 it. Like, but yeah, no. like TJ, I have to say this to you like 10 years ago, this winter, you were on strike. Yeah, um, oh my god, strike. I know, I know. It's, it's, it's only it's the hard. cock crowd did strike. Like, it's 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 it's, it's hard to fathom. Like, look, I think that maybe. Like I played in the 90s and into the 90s and stuff, I think we would have been maybe a little bit behind the curve on things like um, fitness, strength and conditioning, um, nutrition uh, for a while. I think that was part of the problem. You were dirty, though. Yeah, we would have been. Uh, we, we probably had no choice for a while. I think that some of the players would have known 
that maybe other counties were ahead of them in terms of what was going on around the place, whether it's through college or whatever, the coaching, everything. And just, it, I, I don't know, I, I don't want to go back to 2010 right now, but obviously it, it ended in a strike. Uh, don't know, really came in 2011. And basically that seemed to be the eureka moment that said, hey, we have to change things here. We would have had a poor underage record aside from the under 21 titles. Like minors, a very important group in terms of building a, a kind of a, a group of players and trying to get them ready for the future. It's even more important now. And I think that you have to be able to make a plan now, whether you be in a club or in a county setup, right? To say that we're planning for the long term here. We have to get as many players as we can to the required standard. We need big physical players. We need to kind of broaden the group get his made and true and they're doing that exceptionally well but um, a lot of expertise there now as well in terms of as a coaching uh, strength and conditioning nutrition you see the Limerick backroom team I'm sure you probably saw it on social media with 21 people on it uh, stats uh, so at the cutting edge now I would say Limerick are I'm not sure like Dale, you probably would be better than me now to say like in terms of stats conditioning and um, coaching like Kinnerk we say what Joe Connor and Mike Kiley have done and Shia O'Donnell are there better out there right now than roll off the lips. And, and I would say that's probably one of the challenges for other counties. Ah, uh, yeah, like everyone has to be looking at it. They have to look at like it's only 10 years. Limerick were in turmoil. Like I remember yeah. being in charge of, of Dublin and we hadn't hardly won a match in the league. And this Limerick arrived in Parnell Park with this league team. And I remember saying to Liam Rush, I'm putting you up full forward. He'd be midfield. Like, if you don't get four goals against this crowd, it's just like it was a, it was virtually a fourth string TJ. I suppose that'd be fair to say. Um, and I think Grushy got four goals the same day and, and kept us in Division One anyway. But um, like other counties, just... yeah, I would say there's probably a lot of clubs even uh, out there today. Maybe that have a lot of talent and a lot of players, and like it takes. Like I know that like obviously you mentioned John Costello's getting the credit for it in Dublin, like but it does take something out of the ordinary, like whether it's a business, whether it is in, in, in sports, that, that somebody's got to come up with a platform where everybody buys into, gets everybody on board. And I think you said this morning there, even it wasn't all the county board. The county board played their part, right? But I think the influence from outside here of, like obviously Jerry and JP and obviously Joe Mack was Joe. involved as well. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah hu- hugely involved. You know what I mean? And, like, but the biggest were, part, TJ, I would have seen now, and I was involved for three years, the biggest part I would have seen was the county board stepped aside in lots of ways and let the boys get on with it, you know, and let Joe appoint who he wanted to appoint. And, you know, I think there's a lot of that in it as well. Like, I mean, there isn't too many county boards to step aside. Well, you, I suppose you, you, you have to believe that the guy you're stepping aside to does have the right, I suppose, he, he has the right ambition, the right vision. And like, because if somebody does that, if you, if you give way to somebody and he kind of leads it down a long road, a round road, you could be in trouble. But, yeah, they seem to know what they were doing. It changed, and the momentum has been gathering. Like, like seven seven minor monster finals in eight years wouldn't have been matched historically by Limerick. So, like that was re- that's really a massive turning point. And even I'm not sure, Mark, I wouldn't have known about either minor team a whole lot to be honest about it. But oh, it did it, it did come as a surprise to me that Limerick oh, yeah, pushed aside yeah, Park that that, that yeah, easy. Absolutely, and 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 I mean that that minor team had beaten Clare in a good game in the first round of the championship and they were, they were the hotly... 16 and 15 winners Mark as well yeah, in the tournament yeah. weren't they? They, were, they were hotly tipped now to go on TJ um, but what was disappointing from a cock perspective is that the lads kind of gave up more in the second half like they were 
I know they were caught by two soccer goals straight before half, trying to get two goals within a minute, and Cork had led by two points. But that there was no fight in the second half and got beaten by 12 points afterwards was very disappointing. And I know that Don Logan, the selectors, would have put an off. But that had worked into that current panel of players. Uh, they found it difficult, like, like every other county, to you know, keep up their fitness levels and all that. But from what I was hearing, the lads were still churning away with the colleges and the schools and their fitness levels were good, but it just they were blown away. And that's credit to Limerick and, and Cork were favourites going into the match. Right? Yeah, I, I tell you, and, and you know, that comes from the positivity. I'm not sure if you kind of felt it and say over the border, like the positivity since 2018 and since this mountain has been climbed, right? Like there is, everyone's kind of, complimenting each other, complimenting the ship as to how smoothly it's been run. There's no one questioning anything. Whereas beforehand, and even in my, in my term there as manager of Chase, there was people ripping the back off people, not just myself now, like it was at every corner. Uh, that Limerick like, leader was uh, yeah, beautiful Limerick, for that Lim- stuff. Limerick leader was just, it was, it was unreal. And like, it was just, it was like as if there was a bitterness and a, a kind of a jealousy that nobody wanted anybody else to succeed. But that corner has been turned now. And like, yeah. I suppose... The, the, the beauty of that then is that every team now has got a chance. It's a bit like say, when people are on top of the farm or it's a jockey riding horses, all of a sudden he feels he can win on every horse. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I take that to the Kilkenny thing then. I, I, I'd say like, it's a bit like going to school in Flannans. Like if you've got on the hearty team in Flannans, you felt you might win. Back in my time now, I suppose with all the borders, you might win a hearty cup. But like say, Hoagie, a bit like that with yourself. You, the hardest part may be getting on the Kilkenny team. If you were on the Kilkenny team, you felt fair old chance I'll win something. I like, yeah. I mean, just like, trying to get in there, trying to get you know, like the only thing with Brian there is he'd be at every club match from under fourteen or schools up, you know. So he, he knew everyone intimately anyway. But yeah, absolutely, the competition from club level right through, you know, trying to get through, and you know, you're always talking about superstars or whatever else and these guys don't tend to materialise then when it, when it, when you get to the top level but I mean like just on, on TJ's point I mean you know you have to give them huge credit you know like they're all they're basking in the glory of the All-Ireland now but that 10 year you know plan or that, that plan back 10 years ago like I suppose the first part is you had to acknowledge there was a problem you know and there's a lot of county boards or a lot of counties kind of go, are going through emotions and just happy with the status quo you know to, so to acknowledge right there, there's, there is an issue here and, and, and I suppose putting in place a vision or, you know, what, what, where do we want to get to? And then certain certain individuals, I'm sure, would have had to give up or power or, or step, you know, right or left and accept that maybe someone else has a, a different opinion. And, you know, lots of people don't like doing that, you know, and, and bringing in people with, you know, the skill set to, to move things forward. And I think, Dale, you were involved with Limerick. I uh, one I remember chatting to you and, you know, bringing people from outside and, you know, going up to other counties and seeing what what to do. I saw firsthand with the Dublin situation. You know, I was in Cairns at the time. I think when they amalga or they joined schools and produced the, the mm-hmm. Dublin colleges, which is the springboard for the likes of Conal Keeney and Joey Bowen yeah. and all these boys to move forward, and then they separate. So, you know, there's there's a huge, uh, I suppose, um, uh, you know, they take great credit for what they've done, and they're and they're they're reaping the benefits of that now. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you st- you say still you're going backwards, you know, and there's a fear. Of, Potentially, you know, we we in Kilkenny we've had a, a great system, um, you know, and a great we were lucky with a, with a county board that was very supportive, you know. And the question now is, you know, do we need to re- look at our, you know, uh, setup and 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 see, you know, is it still fit for purpose, you know? But yeah, um, I mean, coming back to your question, yeah, absolutely, getting into the Kilkenny for me personally, I can only speak for myself, I suppose, you know, it, it, was, it was stages, it was building blocks, it was getting onto a Kieran's team, which you know, again was a was a big thing and then moving you know getting into the Kilkenny setup you know I was on an under 21 Kilkenny team for two years and we won nothing we didn't get out of Leinster 
you know, and it was back, to, you know, there was a, an, an Ireland winning team the year before me, an Ireland team the year after me, you know, so you're kind of thinking, geez, you're, you're forgotten about, but getting into that kind of senior setup. And then I suppose you're, you're sitting beside guys and we were looking, or I was looking to Kenny, you're looking across the dressing room at like DJ Carey and these guys, you know, and you're just absorbing what these guys do, you know, like the, the way DJ used to look after himself, you know, physically and the preparation and, you know, he'd be there the first in training, like and what he used to do, you know, and, and, and the likes of these guys around him. And then I suppose that filters through to the guys then as you move through the ranks and DJ steps aside and retires, you know, so it's kind of handing the baton on. But yeah, trying to trying to get in there first and then you're learning. So same with Limerick, I'm sure, now at the moment, you know. Yeah, and I say, Mark, that, that was in Cork too. Like, I certainly thought it was in Cork there through the 90s. No, 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 I was never there. I suppose we got a huge return out of the 95 minor team and the 97, 98 under 21 team. That was the backbone mm. for the senior successes, I suppose. You know, a lot of the lads were very young in 99. The average age of the team was 22. Um, we probably would have expected to go on. But there was a couple of issues and stuff that started a boil in 2000, 2001 which ended up being the strikes. And it was, was very damaging. There was a lot of hurt. Um, there was a lot of good men were hurt, actually. Good, a lot of great former players um, involved in all stuff. And, you know, no, it had to be done. And, and that issue, the first strike we had was purely and solely down with the county board. Nobody else but people got hurt in the crossfire of that. And that hurt is probably still there, I suppose. Um, I would say TJ hasn't gone away, even though some you know players and administrators have gone away but it left an awful lot of damage within clubs as well because clubs took sides as well and people within clubs took sides. Um, which, you know, and, and I think what you've just said there, and what you've described in Limerick is exactly what needs to happen in Cork now. That the backbiting that was going on, okay, delighted the fellas were bait and that this fellow was bait and that fellow was bait, but then success comes along and all of a sudden the wheel turns and then fellas are patting fellas in the back rather than giving them a kick in the bum. So I think we are still, even though we went on in 2000, that we got to four All-Irelands in a row, as I mentioned, winning two of them. But the minute we were beaten in the fourth one, things changed dramatically backwards again. And that's the, that's the thing that, I suppose, it's, it's there now. And the question is, who are the people to lead us out of it? And the one, the one number that I'm looking at is the, is the playing population that we do have. We have the second biggest population of playing players in the country outside of Dublin. And that gives me hope that, you know, numbers, with numbers, you can produce something. But it's trying to knit the whole thing together, TJ. And, I, and if I had to make one comment this year now, is that we had a fantastic club championship and I, and I said during the year, it'll take a decade before this will seep into the players. What I can't understand now is that our underage in Rebel Oog haven't adopted the exact same championship format. They haven't. That's the first thing. The second thing is they resisted up to last week changing the age groups of the underage from 12, 14, 16, 18. Every other county has gone 13, 15, and 17. And Croke Park had to put manners on Rebel Oak to change. And that is the single biggest thing. Like you see there, a small little thing like that now that all Rebel Oak fellas think that they're above uh, what's going on at national level. And that is well, a, a problem in Cork like. Maybe they were right on that one, but we'll leave that for another day. But, but Brian, change, change. Everybody is slow to change, yeah. right? There's no quite point in saying otherwise. But the fact that, you know, I don't think, it, and like when you're at 17, it makes fixtures for adults way better because they can't play and stuff like that. So 
I think, look, we all came up through the under 12, 14, 16, mm. but there are so many players now. There is a competition for 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. That's, and, and, and I can see it in my own club in Killer. It has a manager for every grade from 5 to 17. Like, that would be unheard of 20 years ago. You had your 12, 14, 16, and 18. But, like, we need to change. But the biggest two things, we never adopted the new championship format, which went down a bombing cork at underage level. And it, we had to be told by Crow Park to change our age group. That's not good. Mark, we brought in Delo there in Limerick for the underage setup, and he was a key part of the, the, the what's going on. Now, maybe maybe you could take down Delo for well, a couple of years. Well, I think before Delo arrived, there was a man by the name of Jory Wallace was in Limerick from Cork. Middleton man, Middleton man, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and he has had success with Donald O'Grady. But look, I, I think look Cork. I don't know whether they'll, they'll take influence from the outside. To be honest with you, you know, I think not even Anthony Daly. Christy O'Connor is down there at the moment, isn't he? He is. How's he getting that, I wonder? I think he's enjoying his job, but he's a lot of, a lot of work to do, he feels. Um, mm. He's looking at Limerick yesterday, I'd say, and he's saying... This Holy Jesus. And, and, the, and the funny thing is, we were down to the Gaelic rounds last year and we beat Limerick. Yeah, and a team that Limerick have had trouble with. I think it's... Cork, he yeah. likes Joe McKenna, doesn't like playing uh, Cork in the challenge match. Yeah. Like, the funny thing is, we just, we just need a consistency... You know, to come through all of the time, and you know, does it mean enough to the lads to sacrifice their lives? And I, I think that those Limerick players are sacrificing everything, and they can see the bigger prize. They know they're the best team in the country right now. They know there's monster titles and all island titles to be won, and I think they've put everything else on hold. That that is their single most important thing. And I just wondering, is that the single most important thing in cock players? It might be for some, but maybe not for all. I'm kind of hoping, Mark, that a few of the Limerick lads now will do a Jack McCaffrey on it and say there's more to life, like, you know, and uh, no, tip off the no, I, I, I tell you now, a solid investment over the next seven months, not guaranteed, could be the six to four available on Limerick to retain the All-Ireland final. Tax-free return, Della. Yeah, they all thought we were that way 22, 23 years ago as well, 98, but Jimmy Cooney got the time wrong. Oh, <laughs> 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 Jimmy! Shout out to Jimmy there, nice man, nice man. Yeah. Yeah. Nice people up there in Sarsfields, uh, TJ, aren't they? Oops, absolutely, Dillo. And I, I, I heard little, little rumors on, 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 on my street that uh, as a high profile manager heading that way, I'm not sure whether those rumors you heard them, Les. I, I, I will. No, the TJ, question, go on, biggest, tell us. Uh, the biggest question now, Brian, for the next 12 months is will he be running the pub? <laughs> or will he be training an outside club? I'm going buy a, a bro- I'm going buy the brood mare like you. I think it's easy <laughs> to make money. Like. Brian, there is talking my street that Mr. Dello is going heading to a Galway club at Sarsfield, is the one he just mentioned for 2021 season. Very good. So, yeah, yeah. Well, well talked about now on my street. Big news. Bogey, you know yourself with these rumors, like, and all that. You know, you can't really. You can't. You can't. I want to cousin TJ. What of Hoagie, I throw it back at you because he's distracting you there, that, that <laughs> Gary Spillane and Rogue, who's after winning three in a row in Galway as well. Like, um, What of Waterford, uh, Hoagie? Was it a step too far? Would yeah. we have had a better final if your boys were in it, if Tip were in it, if Galway were in it? Um, no, I, I mean, no, I, I, I'm i always believed that the best teams, you know, get to the final, the best teams always win. I don't think... That's a Cody line, though. Come on. Well, look, look, no, look. <laughs> I mean, from a Kilkenny perspective, I think it's been one step forward, two step backs this year to a certain extent. I mean, we, we saw the Dublin match 
and we were kind of saying we were I suppose we, were, we weren't really sure what was the cause of the second half kind of you know um I won't say to my ease, but you know the the the, the, the fact that you know way Dublin came onto us so so strongly, and we were kind of making excuses, or you know, really it was two moments of brilliance in the in the Leinster final against Galway, you know that 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 got us over the line, and you know it was it was it was an eye opener really in the second half the way Watford completely dismantles us. It's it's not something I've seen in in, in you know in, not not in terms of my playing time, but you know even watching Kilkenny, you know it was. You know, two sixteen in the second half is to concede is is a fairly frightening uh, scoreline, but you know, teach uh, Boston to get in there. <laughs> well, I, I was just going to say, Brian, it's unusually like for Kilkenny to be dominated in the air. That was yeah, kind of probably yeah. the most significant aspect of that game. Yeah, there, there was a number of different elements to it that you know would worry me, but but you know, so so look, Watford were there on on, on merit. No one gave him a chance. I remember being on this show and we were. I think it was only Derek was the only one kind of giving Watford any kind of chance <laughs> of winning the match in Munster, and they got to the final, and that's credit to them. But um, look, it was I, two I, lads Hoagie were giving them the nod last uh, Thursday. Oh, last Thursday, I wouldn't mind last Thursday. I'm talking about the beginning of the year. Jesus, a two horse race at that stage. He was probably only getting odds <laughs> on him. That's why he was giving the nod. But, uh, but uh, no, look, Limerick were, 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 were I couldn't see Watford beating Limerick, to be honest about it, unless what Limerick had a really off day, you know, unless they dropped their standards. And they weren't going to do that. For, for, for the future, look, I suppose I do have to mention one player who my heart really went out to was Ty DeBurka. You know, Ty yeah. DeBurka is a player I lo- I've loved watching over the last couple of years. I just think he's a fantastic player. You know, and he's, a, he's an integral part of that Watford team. He's a real leader. And I suppose I haven't heard it officially, but, you know, the worry is it is it a cruciate. You know, the way he went down, I've seen that with a couple of players before. And look, he, he, the cameras went on to come off the pitch. And, you know, you just knew by him he was, you know, he was distraught. Yeah. It was horrific, you know, squaffing an iron final like that. You know, your heart goes out to him. But look, what was the confusing thing there, Hoagie, was the way he jogged off. And funny enough, I was beside yeah. Henry. Yeah, who obviously had yeah. uh, Henry said he's cruising, it's gone, Dale. Yeah, so why is he jogging off because he knows he can't go left or right? Yeah, you can yeah. jog away, but, but you can't, yeah. can't go, yeah. yeah. And exactly, yeah. I've seen, I've seen, I think Henry did the same. The second, you know, it, it, that's that's it. It's a uh, once the, it, it's the initial pain, it's excruciating, I think, for the first five minutes, and then after that, it subsides and you're able to walk off, which is the frightening thing. But you can't pivot left or right, so you're you know, you're effectively you're gone, and that's the sad thing is for such a serious injury to be able to walk off the field. and but yeah, look, my heart went out to him. But look, in, in terms of the Watford, I, I, their lack, they're, they're just, they just hadn't got enough, you know, be it physically. And I think uh, Liam Cahal referenced that after the match in terms of what they need to do for next year, they need, you know, in terms of the, building the players and and that. And I don't know, you know, is there, they, they need to find another two or three players to really kind of add that strength to depth. I don't know where they're coming through, you know. The, the, the they possibly theory. have one. They possibly have one in Shane Bennett. Um, yeah, if, if he, he comes if back, he if he comes back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... You know, it's like the burka has gone now. But Parig is a lot of miles on the clock. He's a lot had a lot of injuries. Yeah, he, for sure he'd come back and add, add something. But what I'm talking about is is that dynamism. That, that you know, you, you need those two or three younger guys coming through that are really going to kind of lift all of us. Like you've got Kevin Moore in there, he's another year older, you know, and not to be retiring as you know, he's he, he certainly adds value there. But you do you need those two or three younger guys coming through. Like Bennett this year really kind of stepped up to the plate, you know, and, and took it on. But you need what you need two or three more of those guys. If you're going to compete with Limerick, which at the end of the day, that's what that's where the bar is. You know, it's grand talking about you have to say, Hoagie, that Ozzy Ozzy stepped up to the plate yesterday in fairness. He did, he did. And you know, Ozzy's got a lot of criticism, you know, over the last couple of years, probably from winning Watford and purely because of the talent that he is. You know, we measure Ozzy at a different level to everyone else, you know, because of what he can do. And probably unfairly so, you know, because 
I suppose he set the bar so high, a bit like Tony Kelly when he came on the scene in his first year or two, you know, and what he did. And, you know, every player has a tip, particularly that second season syndrome, you know, they, they drop off a bit. But look, he had a great, he, he had a good year for Watford this year, you know, and he was building as the year went on. I think Liam Cal was looking for him to, to develop other sides of his game. He got five points, I think, in the final, you know, yeah. which is a great return on, a, you know, particularly on a losing side, and a side that was under so much pressure against the likes of Limerick. But, you know, it's... I, I still think there's more from Ozzy, you know, that's how mm. good he is, yeah. you know, and, and I hope, I hope he'll, he'll, he'll use this as a springboard I, I, to bring yeah. his game on to another level. But I, Yeah, I thought, I thought the start of the second half, Dalo, was where the game finally started to drift away from Waterford. And I thought Gleeson actually at full forward, particularly when they hit the ball, they hit three balls in one after the other in high and they came back out and they were returned and they got three, and Limerick got three scores down in the far side. And I thought that knocked the stuffing out of Waterford, to be honest. Even if they were poked into the corner to give Desi Hutchinson a small chance. But the fact that they went in high, and I was just saying, Jesus, where's Gleeson? Like, and he was sent to forward, I think, at that stage. If they were going to be poking it in high, Gleeson needed to be the edge of the square. They need, and they, yeah. They needed they need somebody. And, and, and the funny thing is that Jack Fagan was so brilliant under the high ball against Kilkenny in the semi-final. The first ball that came down between the same with Burns, like Burns stuck up the claw, like, and Jack Fagan was... About yeah. two feet below. I was going to say, I was going to ask you there, Dylan. Like Stephen O'Keefe, when he's first number of puck outs, he went down to have a Kyle Hayes with the first couple and then he swung him over to have a Burns. Like, was that basically trying to hammer the hammer effectively? Or in, in trying to back themselves? I don't know. I, I, I think he just, he, he looked at the last quarter, the Munster final, TJ, and we were only some eyes in here now what we think. Like, but he looked at the last quarter where he could get no change you remember he tried the short one to Jack Prendergast mm-hmm. and Limerick bit by bit forced Jack out over his own end line to give away a, a 65. Like, God, with this Limerick team, it's hard to know where to go. Like, uh, Jack Fagan is very good under a high ball, but your face and Dimmer Burns or Kyle Hayes, like, you see, yeah. you're yeah. not going to get better. Like, well, they showed their hand against Kilkenny, you know, in the, in the second half in terms, you know, like, Jack Fagan was always going to be a marked man. You know, if they thought the same, the same thing was going to work again against Limerick, you know, Limerick were sitting there at home with the feet up, watching this, going, right, well, one thing's for sure, Jack Fagan is not going to be catching five, six balls in a row, you know, um, they would have targeted, made sure that, you know, so it's... So, yeah. Dale, what do other counties do in the close season? Are they trying to match Limerick and are they trying to come up with their own visionary system to say, how do we get around this? Well, continuously, TJ, I'd say, like, we've looked at, you know, let's say the Kilkenny team of Hoagie's era and, you know, the four in a row and then the couple afterwards, uh, people looked at them and how would you break them? Then they looked at Clare in 13 and a lot of people would have thought Clare were going to kick on with a new style and a running game and that kind of thing. And um, it's just, I think it evolves the whole time. Um, the guess thing is like Limerick only got goals in one game the whole year. And Ursula Jacob highlighted last night that, that Watford possibly had eight goal chances. Now, do you need to take three of those to beat Limerick? I certainly think you do. You won't outpoint this Limerick team, I'd say, anyway. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 The first the first goal chance, um, they did everything right that Jack Fagan had. And he was unlucky. He went for it. And in fairness, even there before halftime, which highlighted last night, Bennett, again, he could have brought it back to too easy, but he sensed there was a goal on, and there probably was a goal on. And if he popped the pass, I'd say it would have been possibly an even better chance. But, yeah, you, that, that, that's one of the positives uh, your man uh, Ira Daly he came in as well uh, very young very good, yeah. so like there are positives there for Watford and you know Cal said last night they need to improve their physicality like if 
thinking continue upwards and I suppose maybe take the lessons from yesterday, you'd say that they're probably in a better position than some of the other counties heading into 2021. I think so. I think so. And and they did create goal chances. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah. The block from Dermot Burns on Stephen Bennett was a brilliant block. Like that was, uh, to me, it, that was nearly uh, the best chance of a goal. It, it turned out that Bennett actually had three goal chances in the course of the game. And I thought the two that he struck from the 21, struck 14. On both occasions, he didn't get a clean, real clean strike on either of them. I think Jack Prendergast might have came in front of him for the second one. But the one that Burns got, I mean... If the ball fell to anybody, you wanted it to fall to Stephen Bennett. And on far, Bond's got in a great block. Like just, just, but it, Stephen did get the three opportunities. I got nothing from him. No, just, I'd say that the one thing, Nicky Quaid hasn't had much to do all year, like a lot of Kilkenny goalies in the past. I'd say he was delighted to get a bit of action yesterday. Jeez, he's yeah. a great keeper, isn't he, lads? He just, he's touch yeah. and he's, he's sureness of hand. And uh, he, you'd love he'd behind Joe, wouldn't you, in that kind of way? Well, he made, so imagine he made, you're on the full back line, you're saying who's behind me. Like you'd love the thought of Nicky Quaid behind you. Yeah, yeah. He made lads, two saves. Yeah, sorry, God, Sorry, no, I just the lads are talking him up for an all star anyway, the Limerick boys. I think they were feeling sorry for him because he's he's had such a quiet time there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Shane, Shane mentioned him, and I think there was one or two of the other lads in interviews. So but look, yeah, no, he's 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 class I played against him, you know. But Brian the puck out is a key part of yeah, the are. Yeah, yeah, massive restarts. Like, and I think the retention was eighty percent of puck outs, I think. Um, I mean Christ Almighty, that's some platform to start off with, you know. If you you've got that, and you know, but you know, DJ, the the puck out you need it's multifactorial. You need it. You need a goalie who can who can execute the puck out and be composed enough and confident enough to back himself. And then you need the guys out the fields to be able to create the space or get into positions to, to receive that ball. But yeah, look, he you know he's a fantastic. He does he does the basics well, and then on top of that, he's a fantastic. You know, he's great shot stopper and all that, which is the basics. But on top of that, then he's you know he's he's a fantastic at distributing the ball and. Uh, yeah, no, he's 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 definitely uh-huh. uh, deserving. If he does get it, he, he should probably he does deserve and, it. And 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 all with two new lads in the full back line, Dan Morrissey and Barry Nash this this year. Like Barry Nash is really great, and so is Dan. No, the two of them were excellent again yesterday. But Barry Nash has gone up, I think, in my opinion, because he struggled initially in the in the early games. He made a couple of mistakes and he gave away a lot of freeze. But I thought his solid and semi final and final performance were very very good, very very good. Yeah, we've touched on most lines and, and on that line, I suppose, they're also blessed with probably the finest cornerback that has played the game in a long, long time, lads, in John Finn. What a, what a player. Like, he's, he, he's the ultimate cornerback, isn't he? He's, he's yeah. good on the ball. He's good to read the ball. He's good recovery. He's good tackling. He's top-notch number two, isn't he? But he's a, he's a very nice gentleman as well. Like He was interviewed <laughs> before the game. I mean, his interview before the game was just outstanding and just so level-headed and easy to listen to and then be able to go out and perform at a, at a top level. Just yeah, top yeah. class. He's the, top he's, class. he's the modern cornerback. Like he's, you know, he's, he's comfortable on the ball, but he's you know, mobile, he's quick. You know, he, can, he doesn't mind mixing it. You know, he, can, he, can, he can do it all. Well, yeah, I was going to say that, Hoggy. He'd be saucy as well if you wanted him to oh, be. Yeah. So he'd play no whatever you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's we did we did big curtain raiser obviously yesterday. It wasn't a great game, I have to say. Um, it was a lot of tension in it, and I suppose it's a bit like maybe the championship playoff in 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 the Premier League. We spoke about that last week. A lot of lot at stake to get up into Lee McCarthy, but um, you know, great win for Antrim. Hoagie, you have to go, have you? Yeah, sorry, Dello. I'm Hoagie, under pressure you need to get a boss like TJ Ryan. <laughs> TJ, he's lined there as casual as you like with the Limerick ribbon around him. And I'd say, no. 
He's on. He's literally. He, he even out of the house. It's, no, I'm at, I'm at work. I'm at work. But uh, that's a zoom. Uh, that's a zoom background of everyone. <laughs> that's a zoom background of everyone. I saw one. He's the boss. You're no more at work. I am the boss. But uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, you see the um, the initials on your uh, Genzi there. Yeah, where did you get them? Now, are they? How old are they? Are they that's, that, that, that's that's back to about thirteen or fourteen or fifteen or whatever. And they and they still fit, and they still fit you. Yeah, Dubai. Yeah, <laughs> I see. I'm probably. I'm nearly fitter now. Mark to the mouse plan. You're you definitely must, a fitter now when you're playing. I can vote for that. You, you'll be chasing that a cows of dawny in the morning. It's a. Oh, she is no Mark. Them days are well gone. But I have Hoagie. I was kind of saying, if you had a meeting in Limerick in the afternoon, give us no text. We look after. I will. You have I will. A table, <laughs> I have a table with one, one with my four experts. So I have one spare seat at the moment. If any of the listeners tune in there too, and they're kind of stuck around Limerick or whatever, sure, get onto Larry there, and we we won't see you stuck. We'll take, we'll give out your number over over the phone, but okay. Larry has. <laughs> we'll, we'll take a rain check on that one. Is okay. we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to start something out. Well, Dalo's going to organise a Christmas party for us all, so we'll wait for that one. Can't wait in March. Yeah, but Hoagie, <laughs> just before you go, you didn't finish bottom of the fantasy league and a fair play. <laughs> <laughs> Get up there, Hoagie, boy. You had a good day yesterday, in fairness. I was, I was a bit naive, Dale. I, I signed up for it. I got the details from Larry. I signed up for it. And I kind of didn't look at it for the first week or two. And next thing I see all the banter going back and forward. And I was like, oh, Christ, I can't end up bottom of this. I said, so I, I was in there. You were, you were like Everton, Hoagie. You were comfortable mid-table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, well, look, that'll do me. First season, you know. You don't want to set yeah, the you bar too much. You weren't in trouble like Arsenal. Like, you know, that's yeah, the one yeah. thing that keeps on giving is Arsenal. Football <laughs> yeah. club, yeah. Thanks yeah. to Landers yeah, for taking up the slack there. Fair play to you. Yeah, Landers. that's okay, Hoagie. But next year is coming around the corner now, my friend. <laughs> no Cheers, <worries>. Hoagie. <laughs> See you, lads. Thanks, Hoagie. Good luck. 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 What? And and come here, I, do you know what? There's one bit of positivity over the weekend, right? Okay. It was a three-way shootout between myself, Larry, and uh, TJ. I'm, talk, I'm talking about about spurs. We were top of the table big, this morning. Big match Wednesday night. Big match uh, Wednesday night. You, you slipped up big time now yesterday. Bad draw. Actually, um, I just no. It was, it was actually a good draw, not like Man United's draw. It was a great draw against City. Massive draw. Great result. Useless match. Not you. Know, it was the worst match I ever saw. Still, I'm not sure if you saw it. I saw it there on social media this morning before we came on air that uh, Liverpool legend Gerard Houllier passed away. Actually, I'm not sure if you've seen, seen that. Did he? Yeah, yeah. 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 Seven, oh, 73 years of age. Three yeah. young men. You want to watch yourself, Matt? I <laughs> Mar- Maradona and, and Julian, no like. Yeah. I gone so. before Christmas. In fact, there's a few gone. A few gone this year. Uh, Paolo Rossi. That's right. One of the yeah. greatest strikers, huh? 82 World Cup. What a man. What a man. What a man. And uh, no, look, lads, the Corton Razor Antrim, you wouldn't be too uh, obsessed with their chances in the Lee McCarthy after watching it, but they're a good bit better than that, I'd say. Both yeah. teams, in fairness. Yeah. The tension. Yeah. There's there. I felt that now. But, and, and you know, the funny thing is that they've played, that was their fourth time playing this year, and Antrim had beaten yeah. them three times. I suppose there was a little bit of a bit of interpretation, like that if they got done on the final day for the promotion into the championship, like into the Lee McCarthy, would have been awful in there in, in that respect. But I thought they were physically a way bigger than Kerry. I thought they were they were few McCarthy, a few pounds now, like you know. And I think, like you know yourself, the Lee McCarthy, there's no players carrying any bit of poundage you now. Like they are slim, they are really, really fit, well conditioned. Um, 
But I, I thought they were a better team, Anthony, over the 70 minutes. I, they, were. Uh, they were. They were, like, you know, and, you know, when uh, Neil McManus, um, you know, great Best team back from injury, and he, he had a big bearing. And, I mean, to bring a fella off the bench like that to and make a big contribution of four points in a game where 22 was scored. But, again, out of the two matches, only one goal scored in the All-Ireland final. You know, is there something in yeah. that as well? It's a bit funny, isn't it? Yeah, TJ, you're taking a step back for a year from a club scene and that kind of inter-county scene as well. Would you be encouraging your teams to take their points now anymore? Like, that's the way it's going, no? uh, it, it certainly is. Uh, like, and, and you need to be hitting like mid-20s. And such. And we were playing Dilla, it was like, if you hit 15, 16 points, it was a good day. Always had with two goals with it, right? 13. <laughs> 13, okay. <laughs> but, um, like, it, I said, the whole game management and that whole education around it and the video analysis has gone huge. Uh, taking a score and you probably also have to give teams a lot of credit for the defence they just don't let you create that and I'm sure you would probably come to this whole black car thing again in a while right <laughs> like in terms of you just don't let the overlap develop um, we saw Will O'Donnell yesterday with a, with a, with a masterclass there on Stephen Bennett again just won't, won't let him in but it's a little bit of everything but certainly if teams if, you're, if your team can hit 25, 26, 30 points and like try why not, why not keep tipping them over? Like, like, uh, L- L- Limerick had 40 scoring opportunities yesterday. Yeah. 40 shots and and uh, Waterford only 22, which is a bit surprising. Like, you know, just scoring chances. That's, that's a big bearing as well, TJ. But yeah, massive. But to go back to, to go back to the Kerry game, I, I, I did think I, I was fierce impressed with Antrim early doors. Certainly the first quarter. I thought the use of the ball was very good. They were definitely well coached. They were trying to do the right thing. To me, they were impressive. I think the goal. Which was probably a mistake. I know you, you were saying the Sun Dela was a factor. It, it definitely kept Kerry in the game up to half time, but I thought I was fierce impressed with Antrim. There is a pressure when you've beaten a team three times already in the yeah. season and you're expected to win. And like in the final, like, like Antrim today are all about winning. They need to bask in the glory of that. It's a huge result for them. Great result for Kerry too, in the sense that where they came from the previous year to get that sort of a role to get into the final, obviously nobody likes to lose. They certainly have work to do, but. At the same time, you wouldn't want to be raining in the parade this morning and today. Like, I mean, great result for Antrim. They need oh, to know, build this no, no. massive I'll tradition be, up there. Yeah, like I'd be friendly with Darren and I texted him last night, said, well done. And he's kind of said, not too pretty, Dela. But I said, pretty doesn't matter in finals and crop out. No, no, I said, you get the job done. And, and they have work to do to up into that Leinster Championship now. Um, but they did a lot of good work as well. I mean, like Shane Conway really never got a grip on the game as we no, all did. No, it wasn't influential, no. No, no, and, no. no. Uh, one of course, a big day for him as well. You can do whatever you want to college's level, but that's stepping into crop and, and, and didn't he look very light as well? Looking at him on the television now, like, you know? And he, did, he didn't, he did. I, I, like, I seen him a good bit in, in with UCC and the club championship, and he didn't really look out of place. So that's a bit of a concern for me when I see the size of the opposition. And even when you look at the Limerick and Waterford lads, they're way bigger, physically, physically more... Um, more conditioned. So, but the other thing they allowed about yesterday was Liam Gordon and his and his umpires. And it's fair fair play to the umpire who spotted that the ball hadn't fully gone over the line for the goal opportunity. But yeah. didn't don't didn't log don't it. log maintain it was over the line, man. No, 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 not a hope. But like this is where the technology comes into it. Don't mind him. Come here. He does <laughs> he does get it wrong every now and then. Like even though I the thought technology. he backed the goalie like. Oh yeah, that was hard to believe. Good the goalie. Save, yeah. But the goalies union are always coming up. But but the technology is there, Anthony. And you know, if that well, went, had, yeah. but if it went upstairs, would it be sorted in 30 seconds? It would. Yeah, it should, and yeah, there would be, it should be. And there would be nobody give out about it. And even 
I can't even remember, was there anything in the game yesterday that we would have had to go to technology, technology. for? But Mac, I don't think the technology is there for goals at the moment. Obviously, it's there in the Premiership and you can bring it into the no, Hawkeye at the moment isn't in place for goal scoring opportunities. But we saw but it was the, there. We, it was there we, for we Brian Hogan bringing balls from behind the bar last year, obviously catching balls. So surely they can put a beam down, like. Yeah, but that's over the bar that they'll know. I, know I, 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 I don't believe maybe Larry will confirm it, but I don't think it's in place for goals. Is that no? Larry, would will you go up and organise that beam there? Will you? <laughs> would you not um, be happy? But TJ, would you not be happy enough with? The video that we saw, the little camera in the corner of the goals that showed the ball last night, that, that it wasn't over the line. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Even, well, just, saying, even it's, just it's, visually, like, you know. It's, it's not in place. I remember we played Kilkenny in 2014 and there was a, nearly a pushover try before half time. There were David Breen and like we were kicking to the referee and he was kind of saying, no, it's, it's not there for goal. So Hawkeye doesn't at the moment for, for goal chances. What I would like to ask you guys is, the idea of Joe McDonough before the senior All Ireland Hurling final to me makes an awful lot of sense. It's a great reward for those players making the commitment that they make to play on the biggest day of all. Would it cause a problem for minors? Would it cause a problem for tickets? I suppose that, that that's one of the questions we have around the road. But I think those players are entitled to their day in the sun on the biggest day of all. Yeah, well, it's the second. To me, it's the secondary competition, you know, and and the stake. The, the prize at stake is is a promotion into the Liam McCarthy. So, and it was great to see the standard of game beforehand and afterwards to see how will they, how will they, the winners compete, how will they go in the Liam McCarthy. So, I, I think that the fact that the minor has gone down to seventeen, TJ, I prefer to to lead that away from the senior All Ireland game. I think if there's eighty thousand people at a match, I think it could have a bit of an effect mentally on on lads. But the performance, and maybe if they don't perform in the match and stuff like that, what kind of a scab does it leave on them afterwards? I think those younger lads are in, still in their tre- in, in informative years and they, they're going to get away better and stuff like that. So I don't think there's any need to put them under that kind of pressure in front of a big, large crowd on an island on final day. So I would say continue. continue. And uh, the other thing that surprised me yesterday was, and I didn't know the answer for a while, was the white ball. Like you said, it was, ne- it was nearly unusual. And I saw somebody on social media said that the white slitter had been used in Joe McDonough for all games, which I don't, I, it didn't make sense to me. Why bring in a yellow slitter and not use it in Joe McDonough? But yeah, it didn't make a whole point of difference. <laughs> it struck me first Saturday night, uh, TJ, when I sat down, I got to Dublin and um, I was up on time for the under 20 match. Uh, Yourself, your crowd and Max yeah. Crowd played out a draw, and then Max Crowd won it with sideline balls. Where did you get the two giants he brought on, Mac? <laughs> Gee, Mac. Foot- yeah. I said a farmer footballers. I said, yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you, they take sideline balls in it. Oh, you made you, you a serious opera. Yeah, they're, they're good players. But I tell you, they turned the game. But uh, the white ball there, and then the Camogie final, white ball, and actually forgot about that thing and got the lovely honour of bringing out the old cup onto the plinth. Um, it had to be pre-recorded now because the John McDonough would have been too tight to Liam McCarthy but because we were a 25-year team and we didn't get to, to celebrate like we had planned um, but uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure you'll um, you'll get an opportunity Anthony later on today okay. a substantial to ce- meal somewhere on that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you have an there's a seat there over there on Shannon's side. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whether a careful I would be accepted inside Limerick today. Oh, no, so we've been delighted to talk to him today. I'm, yeah. only, I'm one of their own. Like, I, so, hey, and you went, I went in there in uh, 2014. Like, so didn't we not think until 2018? Like, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But 
what I was, I so the cups were up on the podium where we were, the RT podium, and your man says, leave it in the in, in the leave it in the box, uh, the steward. And he said, because in case people stop you to take pictures, she was normal there, like take pictures. But Brian Colbert and uh, Brendan Cummins were setting up, so I said, hey, and they were setting up, and they were setting up the white slitters. And that's what struck me. I says, he's still using white as well for the John McDonough. Oh, yeah, he says, only Lee McCarthy. But sure, I don't know. It's strange why it wasn't rolled out across the board, like, wasn't it? Because the idea yeah. being that we could easily see the ball better. And anyway, that was the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a nice touch, actually, bringing out the old Lee McCarthy, putting it on the plinth uh, on behalf of the boys. And uh, yeah, fair play, Tom. Declan Hannon has joined your esteemed company, Dello. Yeah, and he's likely to join Christy Ring, I'd say, in the near future. I'd say the way things are looking. Uh, with three, Christy's only one lifted three times. Uh, Jimmy Cooney caught me out there and that one as well. But um... <laughs> Just Jimmy's getting the hardest more than that. Desperate. Jimmy, yeah, I'd like to go up and meet him the next few weeks. Now. <laughs> I don't know, Jimmy's lovely. I stopped. Just made the, the bouncers that took him off the field should be shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. The game could have been played yeah. on. But anyway, we're going get, back. You never give him a chance, Taylor. Like, I'll, I'll, somebody need to say, Come here, Jimmy, you're three minutes shot there, my friend. Throw in the ball and drive on like that wouldn't have been a problem. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we're going back 22 years there on that one. But <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, it still resonates. I suppose, lads, uh, great stuff as usual. We have to congratulate the man that's muted. Um, uh, I don't know what prize we have for him. We'll have to come up with something. But uh, Larry Ryan, uh, I said of, the, of the Temple Derry Kenyans, uh, we have to say a huge congratulations you wear money on, according to Joe Sword, once he looked at your team to get over the line. And Keane Lynch then went passing balls to Kyle Hayes and said, I'm sticking them in the net himself. Well, will you put it in yourself, Keane? <laughs> well done, Larry. Well done. Well done. You picked well. And and your your tweet last night that Donald Burke from Dublin should be a contender for an All-Star. Give him harder the year. Big time. Big time. Yeah. Just, but just, Landers, um, yeah. I, have, I, have, I have the wooden spoon at home. <laughs> so that'll have to be presented as well. Um, we'll people do that want to see pictures we'll of this and they don't want to see them virtually. So we put end, on gloves and a mask. We're going to do it like. Oh, well, come here. Organize the Christmas party now, someplace that was safe and sound, and bring bring Davy Fitz's holiday with you, your grand. I'll, I'll, I'll accept it this year. Just mark my card now for next year. Like. Well, do you know another thing about Hurley's ads? Gary Ryan used to fix my Hurley's all my life in Clarecastle. I've met Gary in years. Like I, we moved out west, and Gary was working in Rosh, and I, I don't know where he lives now. But knock at the door, and yeah, and I was, I was upstairs, and the missus came down and says, "I think it's Gary Ryan outside." And let's head, hadn't he my '95 Hurley, which I thought uh, was yeah. lost after the 2005 county final because Stephen Sheedy was using it, and he broke it in two halves. And I searched the field looking for the two pieces really? of Hurley. Sheedy says, "We used to call it the wand for the crack." Uh, and uh, then Gary arrived and he had picked up and he glued it together no don't hit a ball as he said around you I said no danger that in but uh, there it was he had varnished and he had renamed and oh, it was a lovely touch Saturday morning put me in great form for the weekend I have to say straight away so yeah, you mustn't have used it after 95 because the way you were wearing them there for a while 97, 98, <laughs> 99 they definitely wouldn't have survived I, I didn't use the wand TJ for yeah. those ones I was thinking, I was thinking <laughs> as much 
Was well, that the one you struck the late free with in 1995? You better believe it. It was the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I, was, I used it in the 2003 county final. That was my last match. I played against the Well in the Munster Club after. I didn't even use it in that. I just I wanted to keep it. And then Cheedy used to break every hurley that God ever gave him. Like, he just couldn't. He was just animal. Like. <laughs> he said, yeah, he arrived out to me the morning of the 205 hurley and he said, give me the one, look. <laughs> he says you better win the match like so the first puck out and anyway, John Casey pucked it down the field and Cheedy was marking Frank Lohan sent it forward Frank sent it back for Shannon and he just pulled with one hand like and all you could see was one end of the wand going off about 20 yards like <laughs> you know it was awful it was awful yeah, Larry yeah. Um, we've other results did one of our lads win the overall Larry? Uh, oh no I think they just came up short um, oh. yeah Kieran Kieran McKillian won our one um, with an incredible score one six six eight. He was second, was he? Yeah, yeah I had the road Hager team, my team Della. I I thought I might catch you there, but you just you just yeah. I thought I Graham Mull, I, I put in Graham Mull, and I thought to put in Tom Morrissey just before the semi final. Yeah, I'm in a wrong call there, Mull. Sorry now, Mull, if you're listening, we love you. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought I might catch you because Grohan Hegarty was, was a big scorer for me but I didn't have Aaron Galland captain so I'm sorry Aaron I probably should have picked you as captain the start of the year I, 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 yeah. uh, Mark we, 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 don't, we don't want to know Mark we don't want to know Mark we don't want to know yeah. no, I, 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 Jordine would you believe it actually he's jumped for the karma because it was uh, involved in the um, on the junior side of it but he sent me all the killer results there so Chloe Sigerson shoots Camogie for Cork and uh, she has topped the killer the killer contingent. So there's one. We were last to the killer one as well. Nah, we left that to Patrick Mulcahy, you know, my man. <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, and then, you know, he says to me, I forgot to log on to do the transfers before the semi finals. Go out of that, Mull. Like, and he lives, he lives on the fucking Twitter feed, like, you know? Oh, he's, your, yeah. he's your main spy, like. We yeah, had a guy's one, glam winner, I think, at the junior section. I think uh, young Evan O'Connor. So I said, I've been talking about him three or four times already. So he kept his lead. and he, he won the junior section. So, great competition in fairness to the lads. Good interest even for watching other games and picking players. So, yeah, great job. Great Hurling Club up in, up in Tyrone there. On fairness, some great idea. Go on, Larry. Yeah, uh, yeah. was picked by a point, actually, uh, oh, for, the, for the overall. Yes. Uh, Stephen Kelly from Ackle uh, was the overall winner. And, there you uh, go. Not a Hurling stronghold, Ackle. We, we had three lads in the top four, though, of the overall. And, uh, ah, yeah. So I'd say we, we'll start out prize for the first three anyway. We have, well, I, um, I, have, I have three prizes at home. I have a beautiful uh, Morn Hurley and I have the two packs of Slither socks, grips uh, as well. And I have a wooden spoon already. Uh, we know where the wooden spoon is going. Um, then Butler Hurleys uh, have promised us prizes as well, haven't they? Yeah, butlers, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll go into the office and have a rummage around. Well, surely a few few uh, hurling books have arrived in the office in the last few weeks. I can uh, great. Re- Passage J got onto me there this morning. I never entered. Would you believe that? I, come here. We are. I, I forgot about it as well. I should. We should have put in the. But anyway, between the jigs and the reels, they still haven't got the results counted because there were so many entries came in after the podcast, and they sent a really nice text to say thanks very much. We got a huge entry. We're announcing the winners tonight, and they have money now for the field, the pitch maintenance from the from the entry. So. Excellent. Well, well done. Well Good done. Stuff. Super stuff. Well done, people. Dillo, before we finish up, I'm not sure if you got to see any Camogie match on Saturday night. I'm sorry. Un- unbelievable performance uh, of work rate. Real old Kilkenny there, wasn't there? Oh, my God. It was just tough a game, lads. I know they've changed the rules 
and we saw Anagiri going, leave the rules at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, by God, it's as tough as, as, as anyone, like, you know, and um, God, Cheney uh, uh, Mac, it's a, it's a war of attrition now, isn't it? As you said, it was Kikini, like the hurlers, like, yeah. And so you know, I mentioned Denise Gall, the score she got last week, and she wasn't having a great first half herself and Ann Dalton, who'll be the big hitters maybe for them. But Denise Gall really came up with the goods in the second half, like, and the penalty could just strike a penalty home you any better strike, than yeah. that, like, yeah, yeah, buried yeah. to the bottom corner. And uh, yeah, after losing three finals, even though we don't normally have too much sympathy from now that Hoagie's gone off the line. <laughs> but, like, you know, wasn't it a great story, really? That, yeah, but the Kenny... their co- Anthony, their commitment to the tackle was ferocious. I've, oh, yeah. I've never witnessed a Camogie match like it. And the, the rule change and the players and the managers were looking for the rule changes. Um, but I, I thought the referee, when the overall context of the game, the amount of stuff he let go, I thought the awarded the penalty was... Pretty, yeah. pretty easy now, to be fair. And, and the play had gone on two or three balls before he blew for the free, which I thought was a bit unusual as well. And I'm just wondering, was there somebody in his ear? But, you know, to mention, you know, you mentioned the other, the front, Aoife Dial, I thought, was outstanding as well. She got four points in play out of 14. Massive return from the young girl. But the overall thing, it was a very enjoyable game. I sat down and watched it. You know, in the past, you might have got up and went away from it, but I, it was actually enthralling, and I thought and it was... Really, really committed stuff. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Yeah, I text, I text Tommy Walsh at halftime and I says, Tommy, would it be safe to say that Grace is the fastest of the Walshes? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he didn't disagree either. <laughs> so, uh, great, great congrats to them. And, um, you know, a massive amount of 20s and 21s. You, you, your minors took a good beat, Mark, but you had a good win in the 20s. Yeah, good win in the 20s. And, and like, if they got done, they lot that have been very, very disappointed. Um, I thought they looked like they were going to win the game for most of it, but in true Limerick spirit, and I suppose all boats raced together because the, the miners were very, very impressive on Saturday against what we thought was a, a good Cork minor team as well. So we'd be very disappointed. Disappointed with the manner of the, the, the last more than being beaten because we were beaten by 12 points. And, you know, I know they were caught by two soccer, soccer goals, like, but they looked a bit dispirited, which is disappointing. And I know that the manager and his selectors won't be happy at all with that with that outcome. But look, hats off to Limerick. The under-20s now, I mean, we really, <laughs> like, we'll probably be playing tip, I'd say, or tip of playing Waterford on Tuesday night. You know, the daily will be, I think, tugging out in that match. And just is that the reason why that fixture is on Tuesday night? I, I think tip will probably get to the final against us. And, you know, it'll be a shootout again between the two teams. But... You know, Cork need to get some bit of silverware, Anthony, if they could. Yeah, I thought, I thought Derek Connery really showed his class again. The knees. But they're back, back in his right position. He's wing a back. Right, he's the right yeah. halfback. I like, and I'm telling you now, the management that picked him wing forward just is not, it's not fair to pick fellas in the wrong positions. He's That's no the current management, though. He, he's no Kyle Hayes. Dennis Ring did it previously as well with him. Do you know? Yeah. He's playing in a deep line, playing. St- Picking him forward and asking him to play as a kind of a third midfielder, stroke sweeper. He's a class holder, real class holder, knows where to be. A bit like yourself and Liam Doyle in your day. Not maybe blessed with a 100% pace, not a Kyle Hayes job, right? Excuse a me? Like, a bit like Dickie Hannon, let me say, right? Okay, so okay, fan- I'll take that. You know, would you happy enough on that? Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, but a fantastic stick man, Conry. And right half back is his best position. And 
if you're talking about succession planning and getting the best players on the field, he should be left wing back now and let him settle into a position for himself. Yeah, yeah. Loads to talk about, lads, and uh, great, great show again today, I think. Larry? Lads, before you go there, and it mightn't be the final farewell yet for 2020, but uh, we might come back for a Christmas special if we can organise it. But just on behalf of everybody on the sports desk and all the listeners during the year, just a thanks to the three of you for all your efforts. Um, over and above, in fairness, you kept a lot of people going over the year walking, and uh, we've had a lot of a lot of great messages in. Um, I think he, when, even when there was no action, he kept it going, in fairness. Kept it pucked out, as they say. And uh, just thanks very much. And to the other lads as well, Ken, Ken Hogan, Brian Hogan, Jared Cunningham. They've all, they've all been great whenever they've come in. Derek, yeah, Derek, Derek yeah. McGrath, of course. Am I forgetting yeah. anything else? Maybe Tony Brown. Tony Brown, Tony Brown one on so, Yeah. Yeah. And all the, no, lads look, on the stream, um, all the lads on the streaming as well. It was a pleasure. And it was an education yeah. for me here to be listening to you for the year. But it, a mass what I'd say, Larry, is I knew... I, you picked up a lot, Larry, now, to be fair. What I'd say, Larry, is I knew myself and these two fellas that get on well together. I didn't just know how well. Uh, <laughs> and if there's ever a Christmas party organised, it could be dangerous. Like, we, we'd want to leave it maybe the new year. <laughs> the vaccine is right now. <laughs> Be, it could be a two day. It could be a two day. Although I don't know if I'm able for two days anymore. <laughs> True. Um, Dylan, I was going to finish with a hat tip to my neighbour, John Kiley. He, to me, he has changed the game. He has revolutionised Limerick. Would you be close? To, would you be close distance-wise away from each other team? Um, uh, I'm, I'm living just over the road from Gary's Play, actually in Galbally Parish. And uh, John's probably about maybe four, maybe three or four miles and say up the road. He's a Galbally yeah. man, like isn't he? he's a Galbally man. Yeah, yeah. He would play football and hurl with Galbally, and he would join those like so. Yeah, proud Galbally man. There's done an awful lot for the place there. Um, but just what he's done has been incredible. Like, uh, like you wouldn't have foreseen this a number of years ago. Like to win one All Ireland Savage, to take this team to a level that we haven't seen before. Like uncharted waters, really, really successful, powerful team. That's the envy of the country. So that's not easy. Like I said, sometimes it's taken for granted. Like I said, with us players and management, but he's the leader of the ship. He keeps inspiring them. So for me to finish with a hat tip to, to my neighbour John Kelly. Uh, absolutely, TJ. And you know what the great sign is? He's a fella in the morning now. You'd love to go for a pint with him, wouldn't you? Absolutely. That's yeah, the yeah. type of guy he is. And that, we can't say that about too many people. You know, John Kylie, I met him. I was doing a bit for the news and he was doing a bit of Marty Morrissey. And I said, well, I see you at the course and we're off. It's called Officer Dillo. And he does the, <laughs> he does the bar at the Galbally course yeah, every yeah, year yeah, yeah, yeah. because Ooh, the family yeah. tradition. And yeah. what a yeah. down to earth you know, honest to God guy, yeah. rounded chap. And uh, this is the success, I think, that people should look at. You don't have to be a Hitler or you don't have to be, you know, he's he's ruthless when he needs to be, yeah. but he's a really oh, decent guy. Actually, last the players time, are playing for him, aren't they? Absolutely, 100%. Give, give him the draw. Last time I went for a point with him, uh, we struggled to get home. Frankie was in the front. Frankie was in the front of the taxi going home. We really struggled. Taxi driver Frankie Garrett. The taxi driver didn't really know where, where we lived. And I don't know. There was a communication issue between us and the taxi driver anyway. But we got there. We got there. We got there. Da- da- tremendous, tremendous guy. Tremendous guy. It's dangerous country out there. To dangerous country. The yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, brilliant stuff, lads. I think there's talk of a Christmas special. But Larry has loads of work to do on that. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll bid you a, a farewell from the championship. If there's a Christmas special, there's a Christmas special. If there doesn't, there doesn't be. Um, so look at um, I want to wish you all a fantabulous Christmas as I said on TV yesterday um, 
and that's 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 what we all wish. But if there's a Christmas special, we'll let you know, Twitter followers, and Pam will get be able to tell Mac Landers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, well done. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. 